love that. Lyric, actually. Um, speak revival, prophesy like it is done. Yeah. I mean, I don't know about I don't know about you, but uh, I know there's plenty of areas, and not just in my life, but in our community and in our, yeah. our region that needs they need revival. Like they, they actually need revive. Like where where they, where they are at the moment and where they're going is is nowhere good. And so, um, and so, who would speak revival over them then? Who would prophesy over them? Who would prophesy to the dry bones? And like, as 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 church, not just church untamed, but as Christians in our community, I, I honestly believe that it's part of our mandate and part of what we're called to do to speak revival and prophesy like it is done over 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 our families and over our friends and over our workplaces and over our community. Like, it's actually a really important thing that we do it. And not only, not only, hey, Lord, if it's okay with you, but actually, Lord, this is going to happen. You want it to happen. It's your desire that not one should perish. It's your desire that everyone would come back into relationship with you. And that's the position of assurance that we can come from. And so that's what I, that's what I want to um, speak about today is, a, a, I guess, revival in a little bit, but actually really specifically um, prayer. Okay, I'd love to speak about prayer today. Um, now, we all know that praying is powerful. Like, prayer is powerful. Prayer, prayer changes things. But quite often, I don't know about you, but I've, um, I've also prayed the wimpy prayers before as well. You know, um, you know, when you start off strong and just kind of peter out? I've done those prayers before. Lord, I just really pray that this would happen. Maybe if it's okay, that would be good. Thank you very much. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Quite often we focus more on our difficulties than on the God who's bigger than all of our difficulties. Yeah, hey? Oswald Chambers puts it this way. We have to pray with our eyes on God, not on the difficulties. All right. So I've come here today to tell you guys that um, prayer is powerful, but we need to be positioned well. Okay. Um, one of the stories that I absolutely love, um, I'm not really a rugby head, but um, I love um, the story of the Welsh revival. So that happened at the end of the 1800s. And um, one of the people that was around um, that, I guess, um, that God used in that revival was a guy called Evan Roberts, right? And he was a coal miner, all right? So in Surrex, you know, blue-collar worker position there, okay? He was a coal miner. Um, one of the things about him was... Uh, you know, um, that particularly when he first started preaching, they'd have to censor his messages when they like sent it out afterwards because he still had a coal miner's mouth on him. Um, and um, one of the really great things is that when the Welsh revival happened, um, it actually had repercussions that um, it got to the point where communities were actually being affected, like um, like um, place. Uh, Employers would shut businesses when there were meetings on, like that kind of stuff. Um, the Welsh people started to visit, uh, started to meet in um, rugby stadiums. So even to this day, you know, we've, we've all got our different songs and stuff, you know, like New Zealanders might sing, um, you know, Slice of Heaven, you know, that Slice of Heaven will come across the speakers and everyone will sing Slice of Heaven. You know, um, Australia would sing Waltzing Matilda and that's his song. But when the Welsh actually at, at, at international test matches, they sing hymns. And that's actually an overflow of 100 years before this, um, this outpouring of God's spirit that meant that um, it changed their, um, their nation forever. And even 100 years later, we're still seeing echoes of that revival. Okay. But again, we need to be positioned well. See, I believe that God chooses believers to be catalysts for revival, like fire starters. 
One of the stories that I love was Evan Roberts. So he's a Welsh coal miner turned preacher who began a revival in uh, 1904 who saw 100,000 people converted in one year. Wow. Okay. It's listed amongst one of the greatest revivals in history. Now, on the day of Pentecost, 3,000 people came to Jesus. And that's still, that's amazing even today. But what's astonishing about the story is how the revival came about. For 11 years, 11 years, Roberts prayed for revival to come to his community. He asked God to bend the hearts around him to God's will. Even while he dug in the coal mines, Roberts prayed. In essence, his prayer was, Lord, bend them. Lord, bend them. Lord, bend them. And for 11 years, his request went unanswered. Finally, Roberts attended a Christian convention with this guy. Um, his name was Seth Joshua, who was one of the greatest evangelism, um, evangelists at that time. While Joshua prayed over a group of believers, Roberts heard him say, Lord, bend them. Roberts took up the prayer, applying it to himself. Lord, bend me. Lord, bend me. Within six months, Roberts was leading thousands of souls to Christ. Many Christians today pray for God to change their communities, their friends, their families, their employers, their co-workers, and their president, or prime minister, I guess, for us. Um, and that's great. That's a good thing to do. But what God really wants, to do, uh, wants is to empower believers to do his work. That requires a change in us. God doesn't just want to bend your boss. He doesn't just want to bend your friends. He wants to bend you. Okay? Consider the scriptures. So 2 Chronicles 7 verse 14. If my people who call me by my name, so Christians, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then, I'll, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and heal their land. Yeah. So forgive their sin and heal their land. That sounds like revival to me. So this scripture requires people to do three things. Humble themselves, pray, and turn away from sin. Okay, so we're called to humble ourselves, to pray, and to turn away from sin. Um, Many of us do number two really well, like we pray, expecting God to respond. But sometimes we don't do so well at task one and task three. See, um, Jesus called believers who are full of pride and sin Pharisees, and he had nothing nice to say about them. So I guess probably the best place to start today is, well, how's your prayer life? Okay. So Jesus teaches on prayer, and um, quite often um, there's actually two really famous passages that are put side by side, and it's actually in the same teaching, but quite often they're not um, not, uh, taught both at the same time, even though it's definitely like it's like, Here's the, here's the uh, model, and here's the, um, like the story or example that goes with it. Now, we all know the Lord's Prayer, don't we? Like, teach us how to pray. So Jesus is teaching on prayer, so this is in Luke. One day Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray just as John taught his disciples. He said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. You will uh, give us this day, each day, our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us. And lead us not into temptation. So that's the um, that's the version in Luke. The one that we know really, really well is the version in Matthew. Okay, you know, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. 
And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Now, it's not necessarily a word-for-word prayer, but it gives us a model or a structure to pray. Okay? So the first thing is, is our Father. So what that means is that um, that identifies who we are. Okay? We have a Father in heaven. So that's, it's not our Lord, our Savior, our Father. So it's a position of intimacy. Who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your name is hallowed. So we put your name above all other names. Okay? Your kingdom come. It's on the first, it's on the first like one of the first things on the list. Your desire is to bring heaven to earth. Yeah, that's the prayer that's right. that Jesus wants us to pray. So it's good to pray for revival. Give us each day a daily bread. So that's recognizing that actually our provision comes from God. So it's not anything that we're doing. It's not our own striving. Um, forgive us our sins because we also forgive everyone who sins against us. That's quite interesting because it's actually a to and fro. So forgive our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. So that's quite an interesting sort of caveat, actually. It's like, well, you know, our sins will be forgiven up to the point that we forgive others. It's quite interesting. It's a, okay. And lead us not into temptation. So we've got a savior who leads us. Okay, so that's the first part. That's the, the the part that's you know that you know we can we teach on that. And then there's the second part that's quite often um, preached about. You know the ask, seek, knock. Anyway, so it goes on to verse five. Then Jesus said to them, "Suppose you have a friend. I have this friend, and you go to him at midnight and say, friend, lend me three loaves of bread.' Now it needs to be a good friend if <laughs> you're going to them at midnight." A friend of mine on a journey has come to me, and I have no food to offer him. And suppose the, ins- the one inside answers, don't bother me. The door is already locked, and my children and I are in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not give, uh, get up and give you the bread because of friendship, yet because of your shameless audacity, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. So it's not necessarily uh, friendship. You know, that we, ask, we can ask, ask God for stuff. It's actually a shameless audacity. So it's more persistence, being consistent, and being constant in our prayers. All right? So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Then it goes into which... Of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, we'll give him a snake instead. Or if he asks for an egg, we'll give him a scorpion. If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Okay? So it's interesting because um, as growing up, I don't know about you, my, um, one of the things my youth group leaders said was that um, it's not okay to do shopping list prayers. Dear Jesus, I need this, and 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 I need this. Thanks very much. Amen. Thanks in advance. But actually, but actually, I think that God would rather us give shopping list prayers than not communicate at all. It's interesting. I was discouraged to do shopping list prayers, but isn't that what we encourage our kids to do around birthdays and Christmas? We want to know what our kids want. We want to know what our kids desire. See, if Charlie wants, um, if Charlie wants me to get her, uh, you know, um, she wants me to get her a Barbie doll, which she won't because she never did, like she wasn't a Barbie doll. It's like, oh, Barbie doll, cool. 
you know, that's great. I want to give her the desires of her heart. Yeah. And particularly if it's good for her. If Charlie comes to me and goes, Dad, I'd really like to start smoking. Can you get me a pack of cigarettes? <laughs> I now know the desires of her heart. But out of the goodness of who I am, I know not to give her that because it's going to injure her. Yeah, that's right. So we want to know our kids' desires and we make choices on that and what's best for them. And I think that's what God does for us as well. When we pray, what we're doing is we're letting God know what our desires are and actually he can make choices for us. And while we might not necessarily be responded to in the way that we ask, he knows what's best for us and he knows what's good for us. So I had three, three thoughts, okay, and it's, they're really quick thoughts. I won't um, take too much time. But I believe that prayer needs to be constant. So constant is like basically um, once you start, you keep going, okay? Um, one of the greatest prayer warriors in the world, one of the greatest faith guys, Smith Wigglesworth, um, he's, uh, this, the old story of um, he was the one who drop-kicked babies out of faith. Please don't drop-kick babies. Please don't go home and go, Rosiana is feeling a little bit sick. Let's be healed in Jesus' name. Oh, no. Um, but Wigglesworth said I I don't often spend more than half an hour in prayer but I never go more than half an hour without praying alright Clark Taylor who's a great uh, evangelist over in in Australia says pray when you become aware and you'll be more aware of the need for prayer okay so when should you pray you should pray when you become aware of that you need to pray so if you're walking, if you're walking through, your li- through life and suddenly, oh man, it's been a while since I've prayed. Lord, thank you so much for this. Thank you for this that's going on. This is, this is what I'd love to see. This is what I want your heart. I want my heart to be your heart. Thank you, Lord. Amen. And then the next time you become aware, oh Lord, I just thank you for this situation. Okay? See, one of the things that we need to understand when it comes to prayer is that the Holy Spirit prompts us. Mm. And so, you know, when we, when we realize that we haven't prayed for a while, it's not, to, it's not to, to give us guilt. It's not to give us, oh, my goodness, I haven't prayed for an hour. And Wigglesworth said I was supposed to pray every hour. That, that's not that. That's the Holy Spirit prompting you. It's time to pray. Okay? Um, I think quite often when we um, hit stress responses, our first indicator is to panic. Oh, my goodness, this is going on. When actually our first um, response, the way that God wants us to, to, to approach that is to pray. To pray into that, to begin interceding. Okay? Um, first Thessalonians 5.17 says, pray without ceasing. Now that doesn't mean, you know, did Jesus thank you today? Oh no, I better keep praying. <laughs> but pray without ceasing. So pray any time that you become aware. Ephesians 6.18 says, Pray at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. That is a really weird translation. Oh, English Standard Version. Okay, that's my mistake. Um, So pray at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. Supplication is prayer and thanksgiving. This is what I need. Thank you for this, okay? Um, Prayer needs to be consistent. So Psalm 88 verse 1 says, O Lord, the God of my salvation, I have cried out by day and the night before you. First Chronicles 16.11 says, Seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his face continually. So God wants us to be in this place where we're, we're actually the first thing that we're doing is seeking his face and seeking his face continually. Yeah. Luke, uh, Psalm 116 says, Because he inclined his ear to me, therefore I shall call upon him as long as I live. Okay. 
So that what that tells me is that tells me that we need to have a constant attitude of prayer. We need to, any time that we become aware, we step into that because what we're doing is we're reconnecting with the one that wants to speak to us constantly. Now, um, I don't think of God as a nagging wife, but I do think that God actually speaks to us continually. Yeah. Like, I, I really honestly, you know, um, it, it talks about, you know, um, you, you know that his good thoughts towards us are greater than all the grains of sand on the beach. Well, that's going to take longer than 10 seconds to say, isn't it? So he's continually prophesying over us. He's continuing speaking des- continually speaking destiny over us. His thoughts to his good thoughts to us are greater than the grains of sand on the beach. So, so if we can actually just tune in to what he has for us, then actually it would change the way that we see ourselves, and it would change the way that we see the world. All right. Um, Psalm 116 says, "Because he has inclined his ear to me." Oh, I've already said that. So, all right, I'm a bit of a a grammar geek, right? So it needs to be consistent, which basically means that once you've started, you need to keep on doing it. And it needs to be persistent. So once you've started, you need to keep on doing it. So I'm a grammar geek. I I love it. Um, Can I get Jay and Charlie? All right. Um, So in that verse, Luke 11, so come and stand over here. In that verse, Luke 11, verse 9, so I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open. So ask seek, knock, right? Okay, so that, that, that verse, that verse um, in like English is present, present um, it's just in present tense. So Charlie, stand here. Jay, stand here. Okay, present tense. Charlie, punch Jay. Okay, so it happens once and it's over. So that's present tense, right? Okay, but in the, in the Greek, the actual tense um, that it says, ask and, uh, ask and you'll be given, seek and you shall find, knock and the door will be open, is actually in present continuous, which sounds really dumb, but it basically means it starts and then it just keeps on going, okay? So, um, present continuous in English is, Charlie is punching Jay. <laughs> Charlie is punching Ray. Charlie is punching herself. All right, okay, I got it. Thanks, thanks, guys. That was mine. Okay, so in this verse here, you know, ask and it will be given to you, seek and you will find, knock and the door will be open. Because it's present continuous, it starts now and it keeps going. What, what it actually means and what it actually says is that once you've started, you continue doing the action. So rather than knock, it actually means knock and keep on knocking. Seek and keep on seeking. Ask and keep on asking. That's the attitude that we have to have for prayer. It's not just ask once, uh, you know. You know, you know when you go to an appointment, so you get sent to the principal's office, and you're asked to knock on the door, all right? And so you walk up to the door, and you're like, oh, no one's home, okay. <laughs> what about asking? You wanted to ask a... Girlfriend? No, okay, all right, that's fine. Okay, that's not persistence, that's not consistent, that's not being constant. Okay, God asks us to have this attitude of asking, keep on asking. There's a reason that He's got how you pray along with the parable, like I call it the parable of the persistent neighbor or the annoying neighbor. Like it's literally side by side, that's, that's how we're supposed to come to, to God in prayer. 
Now, we've all been in those places. Rota? Yeah. Have you ever, um, have, have you ever asked mum and dad for something again and again and again and again and again and again and again <laughs> until finally they cave in? No. Oh, not ever? <laughs> it's, so, it's so nice that, they, that he doesn't want to throw you under the bus. So we occasionally do, you know. So, so um, um, back in the nineties, growing up. So some of you guys were not far off being born. When were you born, Jay? Ninety-six. Yeah, right. Okay. So back in the nineties, um, one of the acronyms. So like, there was all kinds of acronyms. So There's like frog, fully rely on God, WWJD. What would Jesus do? Uh, one of the bracelets that you could get was actually push. So it was push, which is pray until something happens. Um, if you're wanting like the official, if you're wanting like the official word for it, that would be contending. Like contend for it. If you're contending for something, it's not just. Um, there's this game that we've got called Jungle Jam, which is awesome. So it's like a, you've got a, um, you've got like it's basically a cross between snap and spoons. Actually, we should play it. It'd be great. Um, it's a cross between snap and spoons. And what happens is that when you have a match with someone else, there's this, to- this totem thing um, which you have to grab. And basically what will happen every now and again is... <laughs> what will happen every now and again is two people will grab hold onto it. Now, um, and basically it's the first person to give up that loses. That's contending. That's actually fighting and continuing to fight. I really wonder sometimes... Um, I really wonder sometimes that... I feel that's why the example of the persistent neighbour is so relevant to us. How many of us have stopped knocking, seeking, asking because our father hasn't given us what, our, what we wanted? Okay. So let me put it a different way. How many times have we given up on things that we think that we've just given up on when God wants us to contend for those things? See, what about family, what about family members that seem hopeless, that they don't seem to be with the Lord at the moment? God asks us to contend and keep on contending. Not because, not, we might not necessarily see the full um, realisation of that even in our lifetime. But that doesn't mean that we're to stop contending. Okay? Um, so prayer needs to be persistent. Okay? In Luke 18, there's another um, parable, which is the parable of the persistent widow. It's basically she gets wronged and then basically bugs the judge in a number of ways until the judge... Uh, well, time and again, she says, give me justice, give me justice, until the judge actually caves in and gives her like a retrial. That's the, that's the long and the short of it. See, my belief is, is that prayer is a positive response to any situation. Yeah, um, I really actually fully believe that even negative prayer puts us in a position for our Father to bend us. I, I, I honestly think that when we're in a stink mood with God, we run away from him. When I think he's actually not a conflict avoider, he'd rather we'd have like these like toe-to-toe, nose-to-nose arguments. It probably wouldn't go all that well for us. But it actually just puts us in a position where he can move us again. Yeah. If, you've got an, if you've got a stink attitude when it comes to God, that's not a time to run away from him. That's a time to go to him and go, Lord, I have a stink attitude. I've got some beef with you. Here's it. Listen to my demands. <laughs> See, um... The, you see the psalmist? Like, um, let me see. So David um, in Psalms asks uh, ask God to kill his enemies, hide him from his enemies, um, kill his enemies some more. Um, what else does he ask? Um, oh, Psalm 51, he says, Create in me a clean heart, O God. Well, why would you have to pray that prayer? It's because his heart's not clean. 
this, this sin on his heart and renew a steadfast spirit in me. So what David's actually saying is, Lord, create in me a clean heart. Give me, give me another chance and renew a steadfast spirit in me. If he's not steadfast, that means he's like flaky. He's like, oh, I don't know. This is the same guy that led mighty men. This is the same guy that, um, that defeated Goliath. This is the same guy that stood up with confidence and said, I've defeated the lion and the bear and you'll destroy also. And he's saying, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit in me. Um, Bill Johnson says, persistence in prayer doesn't change God. God hears us. Persistence in prayer shapes us for the answer. Okay? So, just some application stuff. It's a crime for us to pray and think that nothing will happen. I'll say it again. It's a crime for us to pray and think that nothing will happen. The most natural dynamic for a Christian is answered prayer. Now, it might not necessarily be in the way that we've prayed it. It might not necessarily be in the format that we've prayed it. But answered prayer, our Father hears us. And if we ask for bread, he won't give us a stone. If we ask for something good, he's not going to give us something bad in return. That's right. Okay? So here's the, here's the questions then. What are you praying for? What are you believing for? What are you contending for at the moment? What have you stopped praying for that you should be still praying for? Are you contending? Are you consistent? Are you persistent? Are you constant? So if you're not sure how to answer those questions, like you don't know what you're praying for at the moment, you don't know what you're contending for at the moment, you're not sure if you're being consistent, persistent, or constant, I think maybe the communication lines are blocked. Okay? Um, for me personally, and I mean, I go through those, these phases quite often, but have you ever noticed that when you feel distant from God, it's, it's very, really God's issue? It's not his, it's not his distance. Um, for some of us, we, um, we're not sure how um, to hear the voice of God. But I think that every person should have a hunger to hear the voice of God. We should hunger after that. That's something that if you can't hear the voice of God, like however he speaks to you, whether it's visions, whether it's dreams, whether it's impressions, whether it's prophetic words, that needs to be top of our priority list. That needs to be the top of what we pray. We need to know what the will of God is for our lives and for those around us. If you're not sure um, how to pray, the great thing is, is that the words don't actually matter. There's this, there's, this awesome, um, there's this awesome verse in Romans, which I really love. So Romans 8 verse 26, and I love the message version of it. Um, it says, meanwhile, the moment we get tired in the waiting. So one of the things that quite often... Um, it's quite interesting that how we don't often wait long enough for an answer. It's like it's more like a, for prayer. I don't know about you guys, but prayer for me sometimes is like sending her an answering an answering uh, answering machine message. Dear Lord, hey, how's it going? This is what I need. Anyway, I'll catch up with you soon. Cheers, peace out, Ray. <laughs> <laughs> and it doesn't even really give God an opportunity to speak into our lives. Yeah, yeah, right. So I really honestly think um, back in the days they used to call it tarrying which is basically waiting to hear the voice of God. I don't, in, our, in our modern, busy world, I really don't feel that we tarry enough. We don't actually sit and wait and expect an answer from God. Okay? We're not actually creating space for God to speak in our lives. So 
So Romans 8.26 says, Meanwhile, the moment we get tired in the waiting, God's Spirit is right alongside us, helping us along. If we don't know how or what to pray, it doesn't matter. He does our praying in us and for us, making prayer out of our roadless sighs, our aching groans. That's, that's pretty cool. I love the fact that, God, that we have a translator. The Holy Spirit is our translator. If, it, if it's all coming out wrong, we've got a translator that can translate it to, to God. If we don't know what to say, all we have is a feeling or a lack of feeling or whatever, we have a translator that can translate and intercede for us on our behalf. That's why um, it's one of the reasons why I really feel that it's important that we pray in tongues often. Okay? That's one of the things that we need to do because what are we doing? We're speaking mysteries to God. What are we doing? We're, um, we're actually getting our own head out of the way and it's spirit speaking to spirit, deep calling unto deep. There's a big difference between, Lord, I really need this at the moment and, you know, like one of them, my brain's not engaged anymore so it's spirit speaking to spirit. Does that make sense? Deep unto deep, spirit unto spirit. I don't even know what I'm saying. I could be prophesying over myself. I could be uh, speaking into situations. Okay, so if you don't speak in tongues when you pray at the moment, what I encourage you is you begin to add that to, I guess, your repertoire. Repertoire? The skills. It's important to pray in tongues. Okay? So every person should have a hunger to hear the voice of God. So are you hungry today, church? So I'd love to pray for you guys. Um, If there's anyone that needs prayer, you're feeling distant from God, we'd love to pray a prayer for you. I fully believe that um, when there's distance between you and God, it's never God's distance. Okay? And the great thing is, is most of the time, if we try and run from God, God's literally behind us. And so all that we need to do, repentance, when it talks about repenting, it actually just literally means changing your direction or changing your mind. So we're, we're trying to run from God, but God runs wherever we go. There's nowhere that we can go that's away from God. So all that it literally means is that if we're going in the wrong way, we're not doing it, we can change our mind and go, God, I'm sorry that I've done it my way. Turn back around and go, I want to do it your way now, and God's going to be right here to meet you. All right? So I want to pray for you guys. Then we're going to, are we going to sing another song? Yeah. Hey, Lord, I I thank you so much that um, there's this communication line, Lord. I thank you so much that that you ask us to be persistent in our prayer. Lord, I I pray that in in our lives that you would help us to ask and keep on asking. You would help us to seek and keep on seeking. You'd help us to knock and keep on knocking, that we would be like um, the persistent neighbor, the persistent widow, Lord. Lord, I pray that when we pray that we would have the right attitude about it, that we put ourselves in a position where we humble ourselves, we pray, and we turn away from our sins so that you would heal our land, Lord. Lord, I pray that you would bend us, that you would position us, that you would put us in a a way that would glorify you and see your name in the high places and the low places. Uh, Lord, I'm sorry for the times where we haven't waited. I'm sorry for the times where we haven't... um, we haven't, um, we've been distant, and Lord, we repent of that now. We change our minds. We want to be close to you, and we want to wait on you, Lord. Lord, uh, uh, for those in this room that uh, don't currently have the gift of tongues, Lord, I pray that you'd release that over them, God. Yes, that when they pray, that it would just be a heavenly language start to bubble up. That they'd be able to speak mysteries. That spirit would be able to uh, talk to spirit, deep unto deep, spirit unto spirit, Lord. Lord, we thank you for that gift, Lord. And we just claim it for everyone here today uh, by your precious name.
Amen.